Mindfulness Mode 369. It made me so sick to my stomach. Like, wait, I have to talk about this out loud, you know? Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on today's Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, would you please share the news about Mindfulness Mode with your friends and your relatives? And You know, that's what builds the show and helps it keep on growing. So all of that sharing is appreciated so much. Hey, do you work in corporate or do you have a team of employees? Here's how you can reduce stress and increase happiness, productivity, oh, and especially profitability in the workplace. Just download this free resource. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. Once your employees are happier, then productivity will increase. So you can download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com slash workplace P standing for productivity today learn about sensitivity and about intuition and most of all how to dissolve your energy blocks sit back relax and enjoy my chat with debbie lynn grace mindful tribe i have a person with me today who's very experienced at at working in her online business she's reached out to hundreds of thousands of people today i have debbie lynn grace with me hey debbie are you in mindfulness mode today uh, yes i definitely am in <laughs> mindfulness mode today yes <laughs> we're both laughing because we've had quite an interesting time making this happen because we had a few technical glitches here and there but it's kind of fun that we're now connected. We can see each other. We can hear each other. And Debbie Lynn Grace is an author. She's a speaker and she's an energy worker. She works in the whole area of being an intuitive and she has a deep understanding of highly sensitive people. Over the last 30 years, Debbie has impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of followers through her programs and her live events. Debbie shows highly sensitive people and empaths worldwide how to dissolve the energy blocks that prevent you from leading the life that you really truly want. That life of purpose, of authenticity, love, prosperity, all those good things, right, Debbie? Well, yeah. <laughs> it is so good to have you here. And oh, you've got I'm such glad a glad we made this happen. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You've got a great smile. <laughs> I've met you in person down in San Diego, and I, I just know that you you're a person that I really connected with. So what does mindfulness mean to you, Debbie? Well, uh, to me, mindfulness um, has a very much of a, a spiritual meaning to me. It's really, for me, it's about getting very present to that moment. And in the present moment, everything is available to you. Um, clarity, abundance, possibility, connection, connection to your intuition, connection to all there is. So being mindful, you know, there can be a lot of different definitions. And I'm sure a lot of your, you know, people they've interviewed have given a lot of different definitions. But for me, mindfulness is is to really stay present to all that is. You know, it's very much of um, a, a being state. 
Let's talk about energy blocks, because as I read your bio, that jumps right off the page. You help to dissolve energy blocks. Can you define an energy block before we dig into how you do this? Yeah, well, um, an energy block is anything in any place in your thoughts, in your situation, in your life that's not working. Okay, so an energy block in business would mean a lack of customers, a lack of sales, you know, not enough people coming in, not pricing, wrong audience. Okay, that would be in business. In your own, in your mind, an energy block would show up as a fear-based thought or um, thoughts of lack of confidence or self-judgment or self-criticism. So, so that's basically wherever there's not a space of flow and ease, that would be an energy block. And why and how are these energy blocks usually created? How do they get there? Well, um, you know, it always will start. It always starts internally, you know, and, and, you know, and people experience it either. They can actually hear the dialogue in their head and it's pretty loud of, you know, I suck. I'm a failure. I'm not good at this. This is never going to happen. I can't pay my bills. So it's either going to show up that way or they'll drown out that dialogue, but they'll feel, then they'll feel it physically. Headache, stomach ache, back ache, you know, they'll start to feel the pressure, the pressure. Mm-hmm. And so an, an energy block is basically it, it creates an internal pressure within your own body. And that's why mindfulness is so important, because mindfulness can release that internal pressure. So it opens up the space to have flow again. And where do we start to make that happen? Well, I think that, of course, the greatest place to start is breathing. Um, because what'll happen is anytime you have any kind of internal pressure with your thinking and the thoughts in your head, you actually cut off the energy flow from your neck down, which is why people get headaches, shoulder aches, back aches, and neck aches is because all the energy is. And so what'll happen is there's got to eventually be a release of pressure somehow. So it's either going to release through pain in your body or it's going to release through anger you know, that's what causes you to be so stressed out that you get really irritable and get really angry. But that doesn't actually move the energy. It just kind of, it's kind of like a balloon when you keep blowing it up, eventually it's going to, it's going to burst. Yeah, it is. The, the best way to nourish your body and to move that energy is to breathe deeply. So you feel the energy moving down. You want the energy to move down your body so that eventually you start to literally feel every single muscle in your body start to relax. And that's how you know it's moving down. And is that why we meditate? Because Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think meditating is good, but people have to be conscious of moving energy down, which is comes now you're starting to ground. So you want to meditate that also includes an element of grounding otherwise if you're just clearing your head you can literally re-trigger yourself and get get frustrated two minutes later (laughs) so what would you say to a meditator who is meditating but it's mainly staying in their head and it's not moving down how do they make that happen well, it's, this is where the mindfulness really comes in. And this is what I love about the practice of mindfulness. It's being present to what you're doing in the moment. So if you're meditating, then be present to how your entire body feels relaxed. And it's only going to stay that relaxed if you are mindful of keeping the deep breathing going so the energy is moving down. 
Oh, very good advice. Can nature help us to move this energy down and become more grounded? Absolutely, because grounding, I think the reason, the, I don't know who developed the word grounding, but obviously it's there for a reason. It's, it's the earth. And so in just in spiritual terms, you, you're looking to basically ground with the earth and then release whatever doesn't serve you into the earth. And as we know in regular, you know, people that farm or plant, you know, fertilizers, you know, fertilizer can be made of like cow manure, right? Of course. So it's taking the waste and it's regenerating it into life. And so when you're releasing all the energy you don't want, all of that constriction, all your negative thinking into the earth, it regenerates it and it will come back and nourish your body. And so that's what you're looking to do is um, make sure that your thinking isn't always in your head and you're trying to meditate and clear your thoughts and connect with God. And then people try to kind of put their thoughts up. I don't put my thoughts up. <laughs> I put my, my, my thinking, I clear my head and I make sure my breathing is down and then it just, and then I receive, I want to be in the space of receiving. Very good. And I do too. And I love to go out and walk by the river, you know, yeah. because I have a path here behind my studio and the river is there and the trees and it's just this incredible feeling. What is it about water? That can help us achieve this. Well, I, you know, I think there's, you know, I don't, I really don't know the science behind it, but, you know, for, in my experience and working, you know, with thousands of people, everybody's sort of wired to have an element of nature. They seem to be more inclined towards. So some people want, you know, the forest, some people want the mountains and, you know, some people want the desert and that's what makes them feel what really resonates. So everybody kind of resonates with a different element. You obviously are, you know, with the, the river, um, I resonate with the ocean. So, you know, I, if there's no water along with that sand, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. <laughs> you don't want that sand no, without water. <laughs> I, I, I love sand, but it's got to have some water next to it, you know. Right. So, um, you know, and there's also the energy of cleansing. You know, water cleanses you, right? It cleanses your energy. So um, I think there's, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of power in the movement and the energy of the ocean and water. Yeah, that's awesome. What were you like as a young child, as a seven-year-old child? Were you drawn to the water at that point? Tell me about a day in the life of Debbie. Uh, you know, I, I, water, it's what's really ironic is that I never, lo I, I grew up near Lake Michigan. So we mm -hmm. lived maybe a mile from Lake Michigan. Um, my grandparents had this beautiful home in a place called Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, so that was about 50 miles north of Milwaukee, which is where I was, where I grew up. And so every summer I spent the whole, so if I was seven, I was spending the summer with my grandparents and they had a home right on the lake with their own little beachfront. And I love playing in the sand and just kind of hanging out in the water, but I've never been like a fish. It's just, I needed the energy of water. So I have lived by water my entire life, no matter where I've lived, I lived in Chicago, right by a couple blocks from the lake. Yeah. Um, I live in San Diego, you know, a few miles from the ocean. So um, 
yes, water has definitely always been in my life. And it was just to be by it, to feel the energy of it. It's not necessarily as I need to be in it. It's kind of ironic. Um, you know, now that I have really long hair, it's not so much fun getting it wet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Debbie, I want to ask you as an empath, when you walk into a room of people, what does it feel like? Because I'm sure there are, there's all kinds of energy. There are people that you connect with people you don't. What's that experience like for you? Well, first, initially, if I walk into a room full of people, I'm feeling the space. Before I feel people, I'm feeling the space of what's happening. Is it chaotic? Is it calm? Is it, um, is there a lot of tension? Um, you know, what's the vibe? So that's the first thing that I pick up on. If there's a lot of commotions, you know, so like um, you and I met at this uh, really, you know, very high energy type of environment, where the host made it very high energy, a lot of loud music, a lot of people in very close quarters. Fortunately, it was right by the water. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> For me, thank God, you know, because that kind of energy can get, well, sometimes it can get a little overwhelming. Um, you know, so to tune in to people, I have to like then focus to tune into the people that I'm talking to. And I have to, and I also make sure I'm really kind of protected that my body's protected. So I'm conscientious at all times where my body is in relation to anything and everyone else. And when did you first know that you wanted to do this kind of work to reach out and help other people this way? Well, um, you know, in all honesty, it wasn't something that I consciously decided to do. I'd love to say that I had this all mapped out. I started out as a marketing consultant. My background is marketing. And I love, I've always been in the business of helping people in some way through consulting, through my consulting business. And when I, when I had my own marketing consulting business, all of the people that came to me ended up being most, most of them were highly sensitive and that wasn't by, I didn't know that was going to happen. Most of them were highly sensitive. They are energy workers, holistic healers, life coaches, speakers, authors. So people that are highly sensitive tend to congregate in those types of professions. Um, you know, the people that become speakers typically a large percentage are highly sensitive. A lot of authors are highly sensitive. Um, energy workers are for sure highly sensitive. So those are the people that came to me to help them build their business. And what I found was I kept having to help them build their business. If they were affected by their sensitivities and didn't know how to take care of their body correctly, their business would suffer because their body and their mind would suffer. So their business would suffer. So I kept giving them tools that I use on a daily basis to take care of myself and eventually I thought, well, I just got to teach a class on this. What I did know was that it would explode. Like teaching that class, all of a sudden, I just had people going, wait, I, somebody else I know talk, took this class. When are you teaching it again? And I ended up having thousands and thousands of people coming onto my webinars for highly sensitive people. And then it was kind of like, okay, God, I see where you're taking me. <laughs> 
I guess this is where I'm going. <laughs> and you just went along with it. I well, that along, was I, I went along with it. Yeah, that was great. Has there ever been a point in your life when you resisted, when you pushed against? <laughs> well, I'm laughing when you ask me that question because I'm thinking to myself, how long do we have for this interview? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to hear about it. Well, that's like my personal story. I mean, I'll I'll share one story where I had the greatest resistance. And that was that when I, um, I, I started to learn this energy work called flow alignment and connection. And I did it at the recommendation of my older sister, Lisa, who was a gifted energy worker. And I was a left brain analytical marketer. I didn't know what she did. I didn't understand energy work. I didn't understand grounding or breathing, all the stuff we're talking about right now. I didn't know any of it. And I was going through a divorce. And I said to her one day in tears, I said, will I ever be happy again? Like, will there ever be a day where I wake up happy again? I was so emotionally distraught. And she said to me something that changed my life. And she said, it's time for you to learn what I do. And I'm like, why would I do that? I'm a marketing consultant. (laughs) And I mean, you're kind of woo-woo. You're a little out there, you know. And she said, because it will help you heal. So by night, I started to learn this energy work called flow alignment and connection, which really just means you have the ability to track energy flow anywhere, in a person, in a situation, across the world. You don't have to be present for it. And feel where there's an energy block and facilitate the energy flow so the block is released. And it was a very specific type of energy work. And so I learned it and something crazy happened in my business. Now, mind you, I'm building a marketing consulting business. I didn't tell anybody I was doing this energy work except for my sister and my best friend. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so one day I'm sitting across from a client, a brand new client, and I'm asking them to tell me their marketing challenges. And they start talking And they're talking about their business. And all of a sudden, I hear this voice in my head that says, ask them what happened to them when they were five, because they have this fear and start to give me very specific information that the person was not talking about. And I thought to myself, okay, this is insane. I'm having voices in my head. Like, why am I getting voices in my head? And why is it telling me this nonsense about this person? Well, it got so loud and kind of insistent. You know, it's like kind of like this feeling in my body is like, no, really, you have to ask them about this. So I couldn't take it. I just kind of blurted out and said, I'm just curious, you know, did this happen to you when you were five? And and I started to kind of relay what I was hearing in my head. And the craziest thing happened. They stopped talking, person stopped talking, and then their jaw dropped, and then the tears started. They're like, how could you know that? And it was like everything I'd heard in my head was accurate. And all of a sudden, with that emotional release, they had a breakthrough. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know. So then it just started happening over and over and over again. As I continued to learn this energy work, I was just started to It kind of, I don't know, this gift started kind of come to the surface and I um, didn't tell anybody about that. I just kind of said, you know, casually, hey, you know, Bruce, did this happen to you? Like whatever information was coming in my head, but it was working and it was helping people grow their business because they were having these breakthroughs. Well, let's fast forward to, you know, a few years later, I, I just, I thought, oh, life is good. I'm helping people grow their business. I've got this powerful gift. I don't have to tell anybody about it because then I'd have to tell the truth. 
And I was really afraid to tell anybody that I had this gift because I had been teased as a kid for being too sensitive. Uh-huh. And I was afraid to tell people that I, you know, had this intuitive gift and that I could do energy work. I mean, this was in the 90s. Everybody was underground in the metaphysical world. And right. so one day it was right around, I think it was 2004. And um, I just finished my book, Outrageous Business Growth. I had launched it. And one day I hear, I wake up and that voice comes back in my head and it says very clearly, go to your computer and turn it on. I jumped out of bed. I went to my computer. I turned it on and my fingers started to fly across the keyboard and I'm reading the screen while I'm typing and um, out comes, I typed this email that this document that said, you are going to have a group of people from around the country are going to are going to work with you for six months and you're going to show them how to align with their soul how to align the with the universe how to align their business and it was very specific and bruce i you know some people like they i'm sure there's many people you probably had on talking about purpose and finding purpose right and you know everybody mm-hmm. wants to find their purpose and their meaning and here i get a document that says Here's your purpose. I know. And you've, you've you, typed it out yourself. I typed it out myself. And I looked at that document and I burst into tears. And I said, wow. I can't do it. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I teach marketing. I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. And so I put my finger over the delete button. Talking about saying no, the big no to the universe. I said, I'm not doing that. I mean, I, it made me so sick to my stomach. Like, wait, I have to talk about this out loud, you know? So I didn't delete it. I sent it to my sister, sent it to Lisa, who started me on this path. And I said, I'm in tears and I'm sobbing. And I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And she laughed and she goes, I don't understand the question. She goes, the document (laughs) tells you exactly what to do. What are you asking me? And I'm like, should I do it? She goes, of course you should do it. And I go, I don't know how. And I, and I, and I didn't do it. I just put it away as if it never happened. But the voice came back. The voice came back very strongly. Three years later, same voice, go to your computer, turn it on. And I pretended all these years that it, that, that document never happened. And I turned it on and my finger started to fly across the keyboard. And this time it was a, an email. And the email said it was to my list, my subscriber list. By now, I had a following all over the world for marketing, you know, for building business, for entrepreneurs. And and the email said, I'm going to give a free three-part teleseminar series. And I'm going to share my personal story that I've never shared before in public. Now, mind you, I'm not thinking I'm doing this. My fingers are typing this email. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to understand. I didn't wake up thinking, oh, let me now out myself to the whole general public. But that's what I did. I I typed that email and I put my finger over the send button. And I thought, this is the moment to truth, Debbie. This is the time. This is, you know, like, are you going to do this? And for whatever reason, I hit send. Mm. And I gave that, you know, so did I fight it? Yeah, I fought for years. For years, I really resisted telling the truth of who I really am. And what's really interesting is after I I did do a three-part webinar, I gave the story, very simple story that I just shared with you. 
And there are people that are still working with me today that were on those original webinars, that three-part series. Wow. wow. And I got flooded with emails from people and I was terrified. I thought my career was over. Honestly, when I hung up the phone from that teleseminar sharing this story, I thought I'm going to get flooded with unsubscribes and you know, horrible emails and saying, what are you talking about? And soul and what are you talking about? And I did get flooded with emails and every single one of them was, thank you for having the courage to tell the truth because I've never had the courage to tell the truth about my life and my story. And now you gave me courage to do that. And that was a big, that was a turning point. It literally in my life and in my career, really a turning point. Sounds incredible. And can you tell us about a client of yours who had a turning point that was instigated by your teachings and your trainings? Oh, gosh. Um, I've had so many. Um, trying to think. Let me let me think of. Um, well, I'll, I'll give some some, you know, some some recent ones. Yes. Um, so. Um, I, I, I teach this program for highly sensitive people and really how to take care of themselves in their everyday life so that they can create a life of abundance and clarity and fulfillment and very, very specifically a, a formula on how to take care of yourself on a daily basis and what tools to use. And I had um, somebody that heard my webinar you know, went to sign up for my class, but she contacted me and said, you know, I'd like to work with you privately. And so her story is now she's highly sensitive and she is um, a nurse, but her sensitivities, it got, she got so sick from taking in the energy of all of her patients that she literally had to quit her job, move home. The woman was 40 years old move home, home. She stopped going to church, stopped doing anything. She literally couldn't leave the house. Wow. And I said to her, I said, take the class first and then let's work together. But you need these tools because no matter what we do, you're going to need these tools. I'm going to teach you in this class. So she took the course, which was three weeks long. And then I talked to her after the course was over. She had literally used every tool I teach you can use immediately. So she started to use the tools immediately in her everyday life. And by the time the course was done, she'd already started going back to church. So she's already started to, you know, move home. Then I started to work with her more specifically about um, helping her. And but in the next few months, she literally, um, she changed her career. So instead of being a nurse in hospitals, she became a nurse uh, in schools, you know, like a, oh. like a high school nurse. Sure. So she had to go back for schooling. So she found a job. They paid for her schooling. She had gone back to socializing. She had gone back to church. So she literally changed her entire life. And this all within a matter of just a few months. Wow. Being completely debilitated. That is an incredible story. It really is. Debbie, I always ask a question about bullying. Do you have a story that involves bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, that that's kind of the story of my life. I mean, I was bullied a lot, you know, teased a lot growing up. Um, and 
you know, I didn't understand, of course, there really wasn't a lot of research or science understanding what it means to have heightened sensitivities. And now the statistics show that one out of every five people is highly sensitive, born with heightened sensitivities. So it's it's fairly common. And but the research is only about 20 years old, and I'm definitely older than 20. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, what would happen is I would sense things around me and I would sense as a little kid people that didn't feel safe, but I couldn't understand why. Like they might be friends of the family and they might be nice to me, right? But I could sense there was something not good. And I didn't, and it would, and it would upset me and I'd get emotional. And so I grew up hearing, Debbie, you know, you're too emotional. And because I, and I didn't know how to articulate what was going on for me. And the biggest challenge I see with, and including myself, which I didn't know, um, which is why I feel really honored to help people that are highly sensitive, is that when you grow up, you're, when you have heightened sensitivities, your senses are always on sort of um, on, a, on a 10, like on a switch from one to 10. They're always out there sensing things. So some people, they have heightened sensitivity to noise, some to um, taste, some to touch, you know, some to sight. So everybody's kind of sensitivities are a little bit different or wired differently. But what will happen is you start to want to drown everything out. You want to keep everything out because it hurts your body and it hurts you emotionally. So you lose your own sense of yourself. And so when you're teased and bullied, if you have no sense of yourself, it literally batters your self-confidence. Yes. So, so many of the people that come to take my programs, they are so intelligent and they might even have created success in one area of their life, but on the inside, they're devastated. On the inside, they, they, you know, you might not know it, but their self-esteem is so low. So it'll show up in their relationships or it'll show up in their money situation. So how would mindfulness have helped? Well, just the tools of understanding what it means, because when you're being mindful and getting present, you're getting present to yourself. You're getting aware of your own space. You're getting access to your internal power because without being mindful, you can't access your own internal power. You're getting access to your intuition and you're knowing with clarity it's truth. So if I could teach that to a kid who's, who's highly sensitive and give them a greater sense of themselves, you know, first of all, bullies only pick up on kids that they know have low self-confidence. Yeah. Right? They don't That's bully right. kids that they sense are confident. No. So that would have made a difference right there. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I think you have such a powerful way of communicating all this. I mean, that really opens it wide open so that we can understand. So thank you so much for that. As we move toward the end of the interview, Debbie, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness? Uh, I would say it's my older sister, Lisa, because she really started me on this track. You know, she, you know, she started me on yeah. this track of spirituality and understanding and grounding and, and that path. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. And how has mindfulness affected your emotions? Well, I think the greatest thing about mindfulness is um, that you allow when I think when people get super emotional, they start to lose sense that they have any choice. 
you know, they get so out of whack and so out of balance that their mind, remember that internal pressure tells them you're a loser and you're whatever it tells you. And uh, mindfulness has helped me so much is that, you know, it goes back to something I say to everybody, which is if you want to change your mind, you do it physically first. Because when you change your state physically first, your whole mental state changes. So mindfulness of getting present to your body and then using that breathing and being mindful of that, it changes your emotional state immediately. And that takes us right into the next question, which is, tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Well, I mean, it, it's every day. I mean, I, I do um, meditate, you know, with breathing, listening to music um, in the morning and um and so I'm, I'm very aware of it, but I'm also aware of how I react to something. And I try and be very mindful of the minute I sense any level of frustration, I immediately get present. I don't get present to the frustration, I get present to my breath. And it just releases all that frustration out of my body. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Yes. Um, so uh, anything that I think connects you to your presence and your being and be mindful of how you're being in the world and, and, and how you're in really being connecting you to your own journey, I think would be a useful book. And I think everybody's book is personal to them. Um, I don't read a lot of books at all. In fact, I read very few books. And what's ironic is the, the handful of books I read, I've reread them like multiple times. And the one that I find the greatest about your own journey and understanding your journey is The Alchemist. Well, thanks for that. I'll put it into our show notes so that listeners, you can yeah. you can just check them right out and click on the link. So The Alchemist. And the last yeah. one is, do you have any apps that you recommend or that your clients use to help with mindfulness? Well, yeah, um, I use um, an, an app, a website, uh, BrainSync, B-R-A-I-N-S-Y-N-C. It's Kelly Howell, and she has guided meditations on many subjects, health, relationships, weight loss, sleep, you know, just being happier. And I love, you know, they have the brain waves in them. I love them. I think they put you in a great state, and I highly recommend her stuff. Fantastic. Debbie, well, I recommend you. <laughs> you, know, you are so knowledgeable. And those things that I read about you at the beginning really speak to me about how you've impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of followers. You've done so many webinars and you've reached out to people and you've just listened to what you should be doing in this world and you've done it. How can we reach out to you? How can we connect with you, Debbie? Oh, thank you. Um, you can just go to my website, DebbieLynnGrace.com, D-E-B-B-I-E-L-Y-N-N-G-R-A-C-E.com. And there's a lot of um, great articles on my blog and there's a free audio download that you can get, have access to. And um, yeah, and join us and join the community. It's great. Well, thank you for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. It's been a true pleasure having well, you on the you. show. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Debbie. Bye now. Bye-bye. 
thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about whether you work in corporate, have teams of employees, and you want to reduce stress with those employees and help them to be more productive? You can download the free resource 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. And once your employees are happier and you know, productivity will increase, download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace p so remember subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode